Bethany, come on up here. Give it up for Bethany. We're going to grab that microphone. So Bethany, I mentioned it earlier, she's sharing, but she has been a missionary that we've served for many years. It's, of course, the daughter of Glenn and Margie. She has been on assignment first in Costa Rica. Then recently, she'll probably share a little bit. She's been on assignment with some very dear friends of ours who we knew way before Bethany. Uh, and it just so happened that they partnered up. I feel like it was a God thing. Uh, but Yasir and Monique Kandal, they ministered to us back in January, if you remember them. And they're missionaries to Native Americans. By the way, Lily's not leaving church. She's going to the kids. <laughs> You're like, she makes that announcement and just leaves. No, she's going to help with the kids. But... um. She ministers uh, with them and has been, but she has a new assignment she's going to share with us today and that the Lord's leading with her, and she's going to share the word with us. So the floor is all yours. Minister to us. We're here to receive Jesus. Let's welcome her one more time. Thank you so much, Pastor Ty. Um, I really appreciate the introduction, but also just the invitation to come and and share with you guys. Um, I love this church. I love all of you, your family. Um, and have been for a very, very long time. So it's always a blessing to, to be able to come and just share what's on my heart. Um, and Pastor Ty called me the other day and was like, hey, just so you know, this is like the announcement we're making on Sunday. And I said, okay. <laughs> um, but I really, um, like I know we're all family and it doesn't matter what transitions like family makes. We're all, we're all still going to be family and we're all still like family and God. And even if even if we're not in the same state. I mean, I haven't been in the same state as you guys for a long time, but we're, um, we're all still the family of God and we're all still brothers and sisters. And I love that, um, just the, the way that you guys have served us in the past two years, um, even me not being here, I've seen just how well you've, you've loved the church and you've loved this family. Um, so I just wanna say thank you guys for um, just the work that you've done here. It's been really cool to watch from afar and then just to be a part of it as much as I can. So I appreciate y'all's leadership. Um, I'm going to just pray to open up um, this sermon too. So Father God, I pray that you would, that you would speak through me, that this wouldn't be my words, but that this would be your words. And you know, um, you know what each person needs to hear. You know what, you know what, what's supposed to be said today. So I just submit myself to you, and um, I pray that your words will flow through me, and that your presence would be here. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, so I want to start with some of my favorite verses in the Bible would come out of Romans 8, and um, y'all referenced them a little bit. So starting in, we're going to just read Romans 8, 28 to 30. Um, so I'll give y'all time to turn there. Um, as Pastor Ty said, I am a Foursquare missionary. I've been serving as a missionary for the past five years, starting off in Costa Rica and then um, this past year and a half with the Native Americans and Yasir and Monique Kanzel. Um We'll just say in the western states because we've worked in a lot of different states, but it's just been uh, an incredible experience and such a blessing for me. And then um, And then I'm going to be um, moving to Colombia um, in June. And so I'm very excited for that. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later on. But I'm really excited about it. So I didn't want to like wait for it. Um, I know I've talked to some of you individually and just shared the excitement that I have to, to be going back to Latin America and just to 
to get to love on the people that, that God's placed on my heart. So I will be moving to Colombia in June. Um, and I'm very, very excited to see, to see what God has for me down there. Um, it's, it's really, <laughs> um, just to see his faithfulness to, um, no, I'm going to spoil my sermon. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start with Romans 8, um, 28 to 30. And so it says, um, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those that he predestined, he also called. And those that he called, he also justified. And those that he justified, he also glorified. Um, so I love that Pastor Ty and Pastor Lilia referred to these verses at the beginning, or to verse 28 of God working all things together for good. And it's not just a, he doesn't just work it together for my good. Um, and he doesn't just work it together for one person's good, but it's for the good of all of his people. And it's for, um, the good of his kingdom and and what he wants done on this earth and so um just to always have that in perspective because i know a lot of people read this verse and just think okay everything's gonna work out for my good and then something goes wrong and you're like wait a second <laughs> this isn't this isn't my good um or or someone makes a transition and you're like wait a second how is this good um but that it really is for for the good of all of us and god created us to be um to be living together as as a family he didn't create just one of us to be to be separate to be by ourselves um but he created us to be a community and a and a family and so when we read this verse don't don't read it as oh this is for my good read it as like this is for my family's good this is for um the people who aren't part of my family yet who aren't part of like the family of god but but who we want to be it's for their good and um I think it it's definitely helped me over the years to to keep a different perspective like okay no this is like god has a plan in this and even if i can't see it or even if it's hard like this is for our good um and then i want to just talk about a couple of the big theological words in these verses um and so in verse 29 it talks about god predestining us um to be conformed to the image of his son and there's like a big theological debate on predestination and all of that. But I don't read this verse as like a, are we predestined to, to be saved? Are we predestined to, to get into heaven? But this is like God's heart for us is that we would look like his son, Jesus. God's um, desire for us is that we would, we would follow him. And so it's not just an accident that we are where we are. Like this predestined mean that it means that God put us here on purpose. It means that that he decided that Grandma Jean should live in Hagerstown and be a part of the Hagerstown Foursquare family for many years and be our grandma. And um, like that wasn't an accident. That was very much on purpose. And it's been a blessing for all of us for a number of years because because God knew that she would be. And we've been able to be a blessing for her as well. And so. Um, I think that it's easy to think like, okay, today's just a normal day or okay, like, I don't know, whatever, whatever the day brings, it's easy to just get frustrated or it's easy to, 
to lose sight of the big picture, but to really understand like, no, this is like, this is on purpose. And even if it's not looking like it's working together for good, it's God's going to work it together for good. And so he's, he's predestining us not to have amazing lives, but to, to look like his son. So that way, like Jesus, when he died on the cross, he did that so all of us would have access to the kingdom of God. And so all of us would, would have that redemption and have that uh, righteousness. And, and that's God's desire for us. That's what he's um, planning for all of us. And so just to keep that, just to keep that perspective as we, as we go through life, but also just like in the, in the process of this sermon. Um, and so then the other word would be, would be justified. Um, that's also one of those words that you just kind of stop and think like, either you just read over it and don't really pay attention or you stop and you're like, I don't really understand that. Um, and so my favorite way to explain it is like, it's the process of being made righteous. Like when Jesus died on the cross, he made us righteous because otherwise we would not have any, any way to get into heaven. Um, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have that access because, because of how our lives look without Jesus. But he, he made us completely righteous in that moment. And so the process of being justified is choosing to look more like him every day. Because we've already been made righteous and we already have that um, position in the family of God. But there's still a whole lot of stuff that goes on in the world. And there's still a whole lot of um, things that we need to continually work on. And so this process of being justified is, is looking more like Jesus. Um, God created us on purpose, but he didn't create us um, perfect. <laughs> he didn't create us. Um, he created us with free will, and we, we get to choose what to do with that. And we can choose into this process of looking more like him and into this process of um, becoming more like the image that, that Jesus gives us. And so I want to talk about, um, I want to share a little bit of my story and how, um, and how, like, I can see that, like, it says in verse, um, in verse 30, like, those who, that he, those who he predestined, those that he, like, chose, um, he also called. And those that he called, he also justified. And those that he justified, he also glorified. And so I just want to um, share a little bit about, about my story and, and what, what that's looked like for me. Um, and some of this, like... I've grown up with some people here in the church, but a lot of people um, I haven't been able to share as much with. Um, so I was um, definitely placed here on purpose and even placed in, um, in this church family on purpose. My parents were pastors here for a number of years and um, just growing up as a, as a pastor's kid and growing up seeing what full-time ministry looks like and seeing the, the blessings that come from it and seeing the, the fruit of it has always been an encouragement in my life. And just watching my parents uh, lead by example has been um, such a good um, goal, I guess, to look at them and be like, okay, this is how I want to love people. Okay, this is how I want to make a healthy church transition. Okay, this is how I want to put God before everything else. And so I feel so blessed to um, not only have been raised in the church, but also to, to have been a pastor's kid and just had that consistency throughout my life. Um, and I really can see that that was something that God did on purpose. It wasn't an accident that, that I was raised here. And so 
as I grew up and just got to see this, this faithfulness of my parents, the faithfulness of people serving and knowing that, knowing that I wanted it. Um, I felt like the, the desire to do ministry um, while I was in high school and just the um, realizing that life's a lot bigger than, than what I can see right now and that um, what I can see right now isn't, isn't everything. Like we are very much called to, called for eternity and the life that comes after this is so much more important. And so I really understood that in my mind is like, okay, it doesn't matter what I, what I do on this earth. Um, as long as I'm like, have this goal of reaching the next, the next place of, of, I guess, getting to spend eternity with the Lord and saying, okay, no, that's, that's a more important part. And so what can I do on this earth to make that more accessible for other people? Um, and so when I was in high school, I dealt with a season of depression um, and it was really, really challenging and really um, challenging with my faith. And this was one of the first times that I read through Romans 8, 28. And I was like, Jesus, this isn't working out for my good. <laughs> this isn't, um, this isn't what I was expecting. This isn't, uh, it's not fair. Um, and, and walking through that season and saying, okay, this isn't, this isn't the God that I've read about. So what, what makes sense? Um, and then realizing that, that walking through that season and, um, just the, seeing the faithfulness of God, that it was not for me and that he didn't, um, he didn't, he wasn't so faithful in that moment just just for me. He did it for other people. And there was one night where, where I got prayed over and um, found a lot of freedom from that depression. And after that moment, I was like, okay, Jesus, this isn't, like, you didn't do this for me. <laughs> you did this for, for other people because my life is not about me. And so that's when I, that's when I decided, like, okay, I can't just, um, I can't live my life for me. And so from there, I decided to go to Bible college, went to the Foursquare College in Virginia, and it was an incredible experience. And that's when I was um, realized that I wanted to go to the mission field. And that's when I got to, um, I went on my first missions trip right before going to uh, the college and fell in love with Columbia, which was this, my first trip out of the country 10 years ago was now where I'm moving to. And so it's just been, um, I don't know, just to see that, that circle back to, okay, God, this is, this is what you've been talking about. Because when I was in Colombia, I received a word, um, and some random person came up to me during one of the worship nights and was like, God wants you to know that you're qualified for what he's calling you to. And I was like, um, <laughs> okay. And then in the next couple of years, as I realized he was calling me into mission, knowing that, that he has called me qualified and even if I don't have what I think I need like I have him and that's what, that's what makes me able to stand up here and do this because um without Jesus I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be standing up in front of people being like yeah I want to talk um but him calling me qualified and him saying like no you can do this because I'm with you that's what um that's what gives me the courage to be up here and the courage to, to move to these other countries and love on the people that I've never met in a language that um, took me a long time to learn and just uh, 
all of the different challenges that come up with it, it's because it's because I know that he's he's working it together for for the good of all of us. Um, and so I was serving in Costa Rica for a couple of years, and it was an incredible time, but also a really challenging time because while I was there, I began to struggle again with with depression and anxiety, and it was um, really really difficult to to be on the mission field and be like, okay, I love this place, I love these these people, I love this country, I know I'm supposed to be here, but like I have this struggle that I can't, that I can't get past. And so it was, um, <laughs> it was really, um, just a really intense battle. And so I was um, asked to come off the mission field because of it and, um, and not like, crushed me because this is my dream and like this is me living out what this is me living out what what God's called me to do this is me like answering these verses being like no I want to I want to serve in, in everything I can but but I can't and so I um a year and a half ago, came back from Costa Rica and was like, that's it. I lost my chance to be a missionary. I lost my chance to be a pastor. Um, and now I don't know what to do. And I really felt devastated because my dream and like what God told me to do. And in my head, I like completely failed and I messed up. I didn't have what it took. And That's when um, I came here and met Pastor Chai and Pastor Lilia for the first time. And then I had to be like, hey, I'm your church missionary, but I'm not <laughs> on the mission field anymore. And I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, but God is so faithful. And um, the denomination that we work for is an incredible denomination. So I came off the mission field and was talking to them. And I was just, don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I'm like, feel like my life's falling apart and I don't want to be back here but I can't be in Costa Rica and just the, the love that they offered me and that's when I got to meet pastors Jesse and Monique that Pastor Ty was talking about just to see how how incredible they've been to like want to come alongside me and want to help me in this process of, of restoration and this process of getting healthy again and, and wanting to go back into ministry not even back into ministry because they were like, oh no, you're still in ministry, girl. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna let you get off that easy. Um, but even just like letting them hearing that from them being like, No, I can still do like I can still do this. I didn't I didn't mess up, like I didn't lose it. Like I didn't miss what God had. And just just to be able to walk through that process and and be with these people who are very much like Honestly, I feel like they're a miracle from God in my life. Just the way that they took me in, and they loved me, and discipled me, and just like spoke so much life into me, and spoke like encouragement in a future. And like, no, we're not like we're not giving up on you. <laughs> we know that God has something like so incredible for you, and so um, it's just been such a such a blessing to be able to work for them work with them in, in this ministry and even just the fact that they're such good friends with Pastor Ty and, with Pastor Ty and Pastor Lilia has been 
a huge encouragement to me. I met with them the same day that I talked with Pastor Yaz for the first time. Um, and I told like Pastor, Pastor Lilia about it. And they were like, oh, we love these people. <laughs> these are like the best people in the entire world. Do it. There's no way you can say no to this opportunity. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I guess if they have that high of a recommendation from um, my new senior pastor who I had just met that week too. But I was like, okay, this is this is the Lord. And this is um, nothing that I could, nothing that I could do. There's no way I could have planned out that my parents would make a pastoral transition and Pastor Ty would move from California to Maryland the same time that I would move from Costa Rica to Maryland for a few months and and that he would know Pastor Yassir and Monique and just that connection was um, like, okay, this is very much the Lord and I can't, I can't deny that. And so I got to um, just work with them and love on, like get to love people with them. And it's been an incredible discipleship process um, of working with Native Americans, which is a culture that I've never worked with before, but I worked with indigenous people in Eureka. And it's very different. <laughs> and so I walked in like, Jesus, I don't know what I'm doing, but um, here I am. And just the fact that I didn't know what I was doing and the fact that I was still going through this um, heartbreaking process of realizing that I was done with Costa Rica and not knowing what was coming next and still trying to to recover from like the season of depression and anxiety was, um, in my opinion, like the worst place to do ministry from but with the people that I was living life with was the best place to do ministry from because they were like, you're, you're just like us and here you are loving us and all of us are crying, but we're all being vulnerable together. And the fact that you're so vulnerable and the fact that you're asking for help means that I can do it too. And just getting to share in that community with people and um, Native Americans are really strong and they're really tough and they're, um, I don't know. <laughs> Some of the people that I was ministering with, like I would be like a little scared of them if we weren't <laughs> like sitting across the table crying from each other. Um, <laughs> and so just the fact that God had me in such a position where um, where I wasn't scared to be vulnerable with them because that was the only option I had, and I wasn't scared to ask them for help or to um, even tell them like I didn't know what I was doing because it was the only option I had and seeing how God like worked that together for his good blows my mind like sitting here a year and a half later like okay I there's no way I could have like put this together and what I thought would have been like what I thought was the worst news in my life of not of not being able to be in Costa Rica turned out to be like something so incredible that I like can't even comprehend it. Like how in the world did, did this story work out to where I was able to minister to Native Americans in a way that usually they don't receive because there's been a lot of hurt between Native Americans and the church. And um, there's a lot of racism, especially like the one reservation that I worked on the first, the first couple months, there was just a lot of racism between um, between the white people and between the natives, going both directions. I had um, some very interesting conversations with some natives about how, like, just different experiences that they had had and 
one guy straight up was like, I don't like white people. And I was like, Jesus, what do I do with this? Because <laughs> um, and he's like, just, just be his friend. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? Like, share your life with him. And so he got to see my struggle through, um, through depression and through anxiety. And like, it was at a point where I couldn't hide it. And I couldn't pretend that it wasn't happening. Like I, the church that we were a part of there was a mega church and there's like 5,000 people every Sunday. And it's Montana, so like COVID didn't, um, wasn't as big of a thing there. <laughs> so there wasn't social distancing. Um, and because Montanans are very like, they know what they're doing and they don't want people to tell them um, what to do. And also there's like not a lot of people there. So COVID wasn't even a big deal because they're also spread out. Um, but I'd walk into this church of 5,000 people on the weekend and be so anxious that I couldn't stay through the service. And so I would have to leave. And there was no like pretending that it wasn't happening. Like the people sitting next to me would be like, hey, are you okay? And I'd be like, no, not at all. <laughs> and so just like walking out without much vulnerability and walking out my story in front of them was the key to, to being able to do ministry with them, which blows my mind because I went to Bible college and nobody ever said that. <laughs> like I've read the Bible and I never, never caught that before. Um, I have seen very few leaders historically lead out of a point of weakness and brokenness. And yet that's been like the most fruitful parts of my ministry has been out of, out of this brokenness, and out of this like, God, I don't know what's going on, but, but we're a family and I don't know what's going on, but but I know that you're, I know that you're working it together for, for someone's good. Um, and so it's just been an incredible past year and a half and seeing like the faithfulness of, of God's ministry and seeing like how he's working this process of, of justification in my life. Um, and how he's working out this, like having me look more like him. And that means like loving people in a very real way and, and being vulnerable with them and, being like, okay, these are my strengths, but also these are my weaknesses, and this is where I need this is where I need your help, and this is um, how we can do this together. And so it's been an incredible process that blows me away. Um, and now it's been, uh, I think, just a couple months since I made the decision, or that I was asked to move to Colombia, and I said yes to it, and. I was sitting with at dinner with um, Pastor Cesar and Monique, and who will be my new supervisor when I'm in Colombia, and then another person from Foursquare. I was just like eating dinner with them, and we were talking about like this new opportunity for me in Colombia, and I like almost started crying sitting at the dinner table because I was like, "There's no way I would have seen this coming a year ago. There's no way I would have I would have expected this." And um. It just like blew me away, and I was like, "God, you are so, faithful. you are so incredibly faithful to your people." And I know that, like, I know that what I've gone through is a challenge, and I wouldn't have chosen it at all. But I now don't know if I would go back and change it, seeing how God used this process to put me in places where I could love on people that I never would have met before, to, to use my story to help other people. Um, even just bring me 
um, to a new country where I have um, just so many more opportunities and such a, I don't know, it's like God's taken me from like a training ground and he took me through this process of a lot of pain and a lot of darkness and a lot of anxiety to learning what trusting him looks like and learning what being vulnerable looks like and learning how to ask for help and then learning what uh, what freedom feels like and what healing looks like and um, just this incredible process to now be in a place where um, where I'm being asked to move to Colombia and it's not like me knocking on the door being like okay I think I'm ready okay I think I'm ready but someone else coming to me and saying hey I, I want you here like not only that I need you here how soon can you come? Um, and to be at a place where it's like, okay, like we're, we're ready for this. And um, so in my new position in Colombia, I'm going to be working directly under the um, director of all of the Foursquare Missions work in um, the Americas. And so we have Foursquare churches. In, in case you didn't know, Foursquare is really big um, is a much bigger denomination outside of the U.S. than inside. And so we have four square churches in, I think, every single country in the Americas. Um, and most of these countries have their own national leadership. They have their own national president. Um, and they are self-sustaining. So they don't necessarily need, like, me to go and evangelize. Um, what they need is someone to come in and say, okay, here are resources for you. Okay, this is how we work together, like, in unity, because we're not... We're not little churches. We're not just like little Foursquare, like, okay, this is Foursquare Peru, but we don't talk to Foursquare Ecuador because of whatever reason. Like, no, we want to, we want to bring unity together. And so my boss's role is to oversee all of the missionaries, but then also just to um, work with the national leaders and work with the, with the pastors in each country to, to like unify everyone and get people what they need and just like we're all on this we're all on this mission together and so my role specifically is going to be um, helping him with different administrative tasks because um, that's the gifting that God's given me that a lot of people I'm realizing don't have and so part of me is like okay if like if this is what it takes because now our missions work has developed so much like I don't need to go and plant a church because there are so many Colombians who have gone out and have planted churches and they're doing such a good job. Like, they're doing an incredible job. So it's like, I'm not, like, compare me with them. Like, they are so much better. Let's send them out. How can I send them out better? And so that's going to be my role is, okay, how can I help them do this better? So we've been offering different trainings and conferences and um, we've been really focusing on, like, live streaming them because when COVID hit here in the States, it sucked. But just about everybody had a smartphone, and so pastors were able to live stream to Facebook. Like, okay, we still have church. It was a different story in Latin America, and there were a lot of churches who never met, or the pastor was able to live stream, but nobody had internet to be able to watch it. And so it just posed such a big, such a big question, and there were so many people who didn't have access to as much as we had access here in the States. And so now we're really, we're really pushing like, okay, how can we, how can we train these pastors on how to do a live stream? How can we train them on like 
how can we get them resources so that way they know how to do it? And how can we, because there are still a lot of Latin American countries that are completely closed down or like have a lot of, a lot of restrictions on traveling and everything. So how do we make it available to, to these pastors so we can, we can give them the resources they need? For example, I was um, in Colombia in November and we were doing a conference for youth and children's pastors. And so I set up all of the equipment to live stream it and we had about 30 pastors from Venezuela who's in the middle of a civil war and it's really, really dangerous. There's so many refugees going from Venezuela through Colombia. Um, but there are pastors who are still in Venezuela who need help, who have these kids, who have these teenagers who are literally in the middle of a civil war. And how can we give them the resources they need? And so just the, I was sitting there blown away, like, okay, we have these pastors who, like, they need to hear this. And there's no way I could go in because Venezuela's, like, the borders are really close. But we have the internet. <laughs> and so how can we leverage the internet to get, to get these resources to the people who need them? So that's, like, something about my new role that I'm so excited and passionate about. Because um, in the Bible, we see so many examples of Jesus or the disciples going to where people are and ministering where people are. And right now in this day and age, people are on their cell phones. <laughs> and so how can we like leverage that technology for the kingdom of God? And um, I'm really excited to just use, to, to introduce that concept to pastors in Latin America because that's where their people are too. Like if they have internet access, they're on their phones. And I would like hike out to the jungle of Costa Rica and people would have, um, lost the word for it. <laughs> they would have solar chargers for their smartphones. The house doesn't have electricity, but they have a smartphone. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe we don't need to hike out eight hours. Maybe we can just say, hey, let's all meet together online and I can still share this word. And so I think it's just a different concept of, of ministry and a concept of mission that COVID really helped kickstart, but we're in such a we're in such a unique position to really like leverage it. Be like, okay, this is where people are. We have access to this. We have access to people who would never walk into the doors of this church. How can we, how can we serve them? How can we teach them? How can we like speak truth into their lives? Because they're getting a lot of other stuff. Like you f can find whatever you want on the internet. And so I think as a church, we are called to, to be the light on the internet too. And so that's just part of, part of my heart and passion for, for this new season in Colombia of just getting to really encourage and equip um, and provide resources to these pastors who, who don't have them. And we're also working on like translating different resources and making them all available online and having like a website where people can come and connect and ask questions and just um, really be a family. That's, I think, our, our goal for Latin America right now is that like we work together as a family and not each nation individually or each church individually. Um, and so that's what I will be doing and I'm super excited about it. And um, I'd love to, to share more one-on-one -on -one after, after the service too. Um, but, but at the end of these verses, um, it says those who he predestined, he also called, those who called, he also justified those who be justified, he also glorified. Um, and that's the most exciting part of this verse. Not, not in the perspective that we want like earthly glory, but 
this is talking about heavenly glory. At the end of this, like, like we will get to heaven, and my hope is to hear the words like, well done, good and faithful servant. And, and I'm sure that's your hope too, uh, of getting to that, to that end goal and, and saying like, no, this is like, this is the process I walked through. This is like the hard points where I wasn't sure how God was working it together for good, but, but he did. And this is how I was able to use my story, to use what God put in front of me and, and use that to be able to reach, to be able to reach the people around him. Um, so that's just through my hard times. That's what I've been able to focus on. It's like, okay, no, that, that glory, um, because earlier in Romans eight, um, in verse 18, it says, um, I'll give you all time to, time to turn there, but this has also been an encouraging verse to me. Um, it says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And just to keep that perspective in mind, uh, okay, no, this isn't, what, what we see in front of us, what we feel right now, isn't the end of the story. The end of the story is like eternal life with the Lord and is to share in that, in that joy and in that family and know that, know that we'll all be together and know that like we weren't created for this, earth, this world. We were created to spend eternity with the Lord. And so to keep that in my mind as I've, as I've been walking through these hard times, I'm like, okay, like the suffering that I'm feeling right now, the suffering that I'm walking through right now, is nothing in comparison to the joy that's coming, the glory that we're going to feel. Um, and so throughout this process of like being justified, like, okay, no, that, that glory is coming. It's going to be so good. And so I guess that would be my final encouragement is to keep that, keep that perspective of this is, this is what we're working for. So I will just close in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for for the the path that you're walking each one of us through, for the process that you've done in our lives, for for the good times and for the hard times, because we know that that all of it works together for the good of your kingdom, for the good of your family, for the good of our family, for our brothers and our sisters, even when even when we can't see it, that we would be able to keep that perspective of um, of that you're going to work it out for good. And that the, the current sufferings are nothing in comparison to, to the glory that, that, he, that you're bringing. Um, thank you so much for, for being faithful in each one of our lives, for, for the miracles that you give us, um, whether we notice them or not, but the fact that you're, that you're still with us, your faithfulness, the fact that we can trust you with every single step along the way, knowing that you are faithful, knowing that you are um, working it together for the good of all of us. So thank you so much, and thank you that that we do have that glory to look forward to. And one day we will be with you in paradise. Amen, Jesus.